0: The International Development Academy provides a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for aspiring young soccer players. With elite training and competition, exposure to college and professional scouts, and state-of-the-art academies and facilities, IDA is the next step in your soccer career. Our academies, located in Spain, England, the U.S., and Italy, are designed for athletes aged 15 to 24. And if you aren't ready to commit to a full-time experience, we also offer short-term opportunities, including summer camps. Learn more about IDA at internationalda.com today. That website again, internationalda.com.
1: Have you been meeting to get to Gillette Stadium for a New England Revolution match this year? Well, this is the week. Look at that! Fun gets started Wednesday against the Chicago Fire with Bobblehead Night. Fans will receive a free bobblehead of reigning MLS MVP Carlos Heal at the gates while supplies last. Then on Sunday night, the Revs take on New York City FC with post-game fireworks. The Revs on the board! What better way to close out the summer than with soccer and fireworks? Summer nights are better with the Revs. Get your tickets now at RevolutionSoccer.net. Revolution! Welcome to New England Soccer Journals The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their
0: soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of New England Soccer Journals The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined via Zoom by Northfield Mount Hermon boys soccer head coach Charlie Malcolm, who is entering his 18th season at NMH. Charlie, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Matt. Pleasure. So we got a lot to talk about. We'll obviously um, spend a lot of today previewing the upcoming 2022 boys prep season, but um, we'd be remiss to not talk about last year, uh, the season that your squad had winning the Class A championship last fall. Uh, just kind of recap that, that season that was for you guys last year and the thrill of hoisting that trophy
2: yeah you know it was first off it was so great to be competing again and you think about getting through covid um it was a tremendous year of growth even when we didn't have that season Um, so i think it's you know i think about the great run we had last year i i think about the previous season where we developed you know 25 30 kids because we had to create our own soccer on campus And we had tremendous leadership from our seniors, which meant all these younger kids got a ton of playing time going against, you know, Keel, who's at Williams, just going at Zach Britton, a freshman, and then watching Zach grow, you know, before our eyes. So, you know, I think about what set us up for a run in 2021. It's how productive we were, but also a reminder to all of us as coaches that we have players to develop. And um, if you lean into it, um, you'll be surprised at how far they'll come along, that you don't have to just go out and recruit the kids. They're actually on campus. And um, so I'm incredibly grateful for that team that didn't have their season to leave the program better than when they got it. So when it came to September, um, we, we were actually in a really good place. And we had some big wins on the road against Loomis, a really well-coached team, and Milton, winning at Milton, super tough. And um, we, we uh, our kids got pretty cocky and thought they knew it all, and we, we got it handed to us by Worcester um, in the showcase in Albany. And I think that was a really important experience um, for the kids to go through, um, and a little gut check, and they, you know, they really manhandled us on both boxes, I thought between the eighteens we looked pretty good, but Worcester is so organized. Um, and there are always things to learn from James, so expose your weakness. Um, he does a particularly good job at midfield and creating transition um then playing directly out of it. And it's um, I, I love, you know, going against Worcester because I always learn something about something I need to fix. Um, and then the season, you know, we had some challenges because of COVID. We had two kids who um, couldn't get their visas. And so they were taking uh, classes online and um, in Senegal and in Ghana, and um, which was really hard because the Internet wasn't great. And that was Babacar and that was Nicholas. And uh, I was teaching my foreign policy class, and I realized that uh, one of my students' mom was the ambassador to Togo in West Africa. Wow boy, can you help me? And (laughs) i said, sure, I'll call my friend in the embassy in Ghana. And she got Nicholas his interview. And I mean, Nicholas scored the game winner. You know, they got to us by before midterm. So they were back into classes, had to get all their COVID stuff taken care of. And um, that was pretty serendipity to have a class with an ambassador's son in it who made a phone call so <laughs> wow. we got to the midpoint and um and here's barbacar showing up and barbacar came to us through um mamadou he played at yukon i had to deal with him when he was at avon he was phenomenal a great guy placing these senegalese kids and um Babakar, you know showed up waiting weighing 175 and now he's weighs 195 <laughs> and he's you know, he's an incredible kid, but a, a great player. So he slipped into a back four that um, was really, he was a missing piece that we needed. And it was great. Um, we lost our first game with him in the back against Hotchkiss and um, really admired the game that Hotchkiss played against us. Very opportunistic. Um, but then from that point forward, we didn't lose. And we got on a run, and Nicholas, you um, who was identified by Augustine playing for the rising stars joined the team. And um through this whole process, we have these incredible families that opened their homes to these kids. And I remember Nicholas shows up and it's like seventy degrees, beautiful October day, you know, early October day and he's he's got a down coat on. It's <laughs> the coldest day. I'm like, dude <laughs> Let me give you a hug. This is as good as it <laughs> gets <know>? here, yeah. <laughs> So uh you know those things came together and they joined a team that had already beaten Lomas and Milton and was on a pretty good run and all of a sudden we just took off and um and we had you know some late season injuries uh, which meant that um when you have that it can be a blessing cuz then it's next guy up and then your depth and what happened was um Tijon, TM um, slipped into the 6 uh late in the season and uh, profoundly impacted the team at midfield and gave us a depth that we really needed that got us through uh, a road game at Worcester in the playoffs and playing that great Taft team in the finals. And so you have some, you know, when you have a season, there are always these little things that come up that um, prepare you in ways you don't really realize at the moment. Um And I I would say the other thing that was incredible last year is we had a former player, two-time captain, Louis Gazo, transfer from UVM to Babson and was recovering from a knee injury and came and coached with us. And, um, you know, Jim and I have a great division of labor where Jim really focuses on the recruiting. He does a, a ton of stuff to make sure that every kid is supported academically Has a place to stay he's like the general manager of the team and i kind of grind away at the you know laying the cones down coming up with um practice and and substitution patterns and lewis comes in and as a two-time captain has a profound impact and uh and really helping particularly the first third of practice where he can jump in run a technical session Well, I transitioned from teaching my humanities classes and getting my head around, you know, what we're going to do in functional and game. And Jim, as a college counselor, is full-time talking with coaches and has 40 kids to place in college, uh, not just soccer players. So it really takes the three of us working together. And then I'd say the last piece of this, and I, I know you've met some of these guys, is we had incredible captains last year two very different guys. You have Augustine who plays with passion and love of the game. Um, and just a wonderful, wonderful person who's, you know, to have a great career at Boston college. And then we have Henry Perkins and Henry Perkins is kind of the old school of, you know, we're going to do everything right. And when you have a group of sophomores, um, who are, you know, five of them are starting, it takes incredible leadership to hold those guys accountable um in ways that are important for their future journey but also for that immediate season so um between the two of them you know jim and i were incredibly blessed and to have lewis there as well um you know those all those things came together and um and then to have the parental support when you have kids from all over the world you need a lot of love it takes you know he said cliche it takes a village it really does and um, so those things came together and and then you throw in a little bit of luck here and there. <laughs> you know, um, you know I think about the finals and you know that brilliant TAF team, um, and realizing like 15 minutes in, everything that we thought we were going to be able to do, we had to adjust because we you know twenty two hours before we are in double overtime at Worcester on that turf in a in a really tough match, both mentally and physically. Um, and so, you know, I thought we were going to be able to spring out on the edge more dynamically. And, and I think they, um, uh, you know, they nutmeg my six, you know, they, right through our gut, we, um, they got by us early and I had to drop to two holding mids. I'm like, I'm not going to let you beat us through the middle and we'll stand up the edge. But it, it forced us into a counterattacking game that really Taft controlled a lot of the possession. But that depth that I talked about, uh, Tijan and Maurice and those guys in the middle, we just battled, battled, battled. And then we played 40 minutes down. A man with Augustine taking a well-deserved red. It was a brilliantly officiated game. If anybody wants to see incredible officiating, it was that game because it was physical. It was end-to-end, but it, it was consistent. And um, so we took a red and then our target forward, two minutes later, Timmy scored 18 goals, went down with an ankle injury. Rohan Dengra, who's at Colgate now, didn't come back after halftime. So our three top scorers were out of the game. (laughs) And and then we just grinded and grinded. And then we got great goaltending. But we also made it – we never really got turned. You know what I'm saying? Like we held up the edges so they didn't get behind us so – I think, you know, we put our goalie in a good situation to make good saves, but Taft had one header at the six that they easily could have won that game with that header just missed. So I, there's always an element of luck and dodging a bullet. Um, but I think we put ourselves in a position to, to take advantage of that, that break right there. But Ozzy, you know, that team was a great team and he's, you know, the tournament, um, Sometimes it's a tough way to measure a season because Ozzy's had brilliant seasons and he hasn't won the championship, but that doesn't mean that he isn't doing it right. And, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for those guys. And, um, and also a ton of respect for my guys battling through, you know, we were on the road, even our game against Bridgeton, we had to play it at KUA. So we played three straight road games, played 40 minutes down, played a, a tough match at Worcester. So I I couldn't have been more proud of my guys. Um,
0: I got to say, Charlie, when I, when I ask someone for a season recap, that's about as great of a season recap (laughs) that I have ever heard. I mean, that should be, that should be online. It's like a clinic for how to recap your season. That was, I mean, the, the depth that you went into there was phenomenal. And you kind of touched on with, with the close matches that you played in the tournament last year, the Worcester Academy match. And then I was there for the championship game against Taft which was a you know Henry Perkins booting in that that game-winning PK in the shootout and the celebration ensuing after that it was it was phenomenal um a great day for soccer too the weather was perfect it was just an awesome day but the thing that sticks out to me about you guys last year is kind of just you touched a little bit on the adversity off the field but the the stuff you guys were able to withstand on the field kind of that mental toughness is that something that you point to with that with that team last year
2: yeah you know I think one of the things in, um, is before we start the season, we go up to New Hampshire in the middle of nowhere. Okay? And, and that doesn't mean going to a team prep camp isn't a great thing. I think James runs a great team prep camp. And um, Bill Scott's team prep camp in Maine is fantastic, and we used to do that. Um, for us, this works because we take away the cell phones and we build family first. And there are a lot of rituals of, you know, jumping in the lake at 7.30 in the morning, hiking a mountain, campfires with players only, um, community service putting away camp is just going into the swamp to get the soccer balls in mud. Like mean, there's all these things that, I, you know, I'm not sure how to weigh it, but it, there's some magic sauce in it so that when they come to campus, um, there's a certain family built. And they don't have to be peacocks, you know, at, you know, and I make it clear, this isn't the tryout. And so I, I think that's a big part of the um, building relationships and resiliency and care for each other. Um, And, you know, empathy and kindness. I mean, how do you measure those things? So, uh, you know, it's, it's worked. Um, It's always imperfect. (laughs) You know, and there are plenty of mistakes along the way. Um, but I think we, we set our compass. And then the other thing I mentioned is like so many of our kids are student leaders in the dorms. So we have six kids who are going to be leading and each year there are two of them in the freshman dorm. So they're leaders on the soccer team, but they're also sharing those values with the freshmen, not just soccer players, but just um, giving being fully present at NMH in the community So we have kids singing in Christmas Vespers. We have kids doing other stuff. And I think when you do that with your team, um, there's an investment in something um, bigger than themselves.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, too, though, it's never easy to be the defending champs. I mean, you're you're wearing that target when you come back. So this year's preseason trip and this year's preseason message, uh, I'm wondering if it's a little different where you're kind of trying to Say, all right, guys, every, I mean, not that everyone's not coming for you every season, but this year's year, is a little, you're the defending champs right now.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, the the kids, um, whenever they played in the spring, they played with Matt Koskowska and they always got, they got rocked this spring, uh, honestly. You know, when they were knocking the ball around, teams are definitely coming at us hard, and that's awesome. I'd say the beauty, though, is like, we've got, you know, seven, eight new guys coming in. And, and and so um yeah. And we also we broke up into smaller groups for our preseason fitness. So they're in groups of six, each led by a senior. We've got great seniors. So I'll be really fascinated to see the level of work they've put in. Um but yeah, we, we need to gear up, particularly if you look at our schedule. September is like, you know, not many teams start off with Loomis, you know, Milton, <laughs> Worcester. You know, it's just like, I, yeah, I mean, your impurities are got to get burned out pretty quick. And um, and also to have the humility to understand that um, we're so imperfect. There's so many things to learn. Um, and by playing these great teams and these great coaches, you can learn pretty quickly uh, your soft spots. So hopefully we'll use September and and, and keep adjusting and growing as a team.
0: Now, if I am not mistaken, you'll be playing Worcester again in Albany this year. Is that is that rematch happening yeah, again? Well, this year?
2: That's correct. We'll yeah. be playing Worcester again. You know, part of me would love to get it back to Worcester. Has such the New Balance Grass Field is beautiful. I miss playing there. I think we have a fantastic field. So, in on one hand, it's great for the kids. You know, there'll be two hundred coaches sitting on on that game. It's one of the feature games, and um, it doesn't. You know, that's the beauty of that particular showcase. Is The kids are playing for each other, not. And I think you see as a college coach, what you're looking for or not in that setting, rather than if you go off to an ID camp where your first touch might not be um, for your teammates or the recovery run or whatever. So I think it, it really helps the college coaches to see really what kind of teammate you are under some adversity. We definitely had some adversity last year. So, um, So, yeah. So uh, on the one hand, I'm grateful to play Worcester. On the other hand, I love if James and I could and Jim and I could move that to off that date. But for now, it's going to stay there.
0: Right. Right. And and James, James Proctor, Worcester's coach, I know he is confident in what he has coming back this season. They have a, a lot of talented players back. And as usual, they're in that discussion you know, that shortlist discussion is, is championship contenders.
1: New England's soccer journals the goal will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccer Head's New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer themed comedy with Paul Nardizi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Roberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and AnySoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring informative, insightful.
0: What do you expect to see from that Worcester Academy team? Is that in your mind, a a program that is going to be, you know, someone to reckon with come November.
2: Always. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's the most consistently prepared team. I mean, and also, you know, there are things that James does that really prepares his players for college soccer. Um, in their ability to transition into that organized defensive, um, taking advantage of restarts, corner kicks, um, quick transition play, but also the way he traps midfield. You you have to make great risk reward decisions at midfield when you play Worcester. If you don't, then you're gonna start giving up those restarts that he throws big dudes in the box. So and I think that there's certain, you know, a third of our schedule is you need to manage those r- risk reward decisions really carefully at midfield. And so playing Worcester sets you up for the tournament because you have to mimic some of what James does in order to um, work your way through that tournament. Um, does that make sense?
0: Sure, sure. It, no, for, it, it certainly does. And, you know, for expanding on it a little bit, if, if you look at last year's Class A tournament, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot separating that Final Four. I mean, Taft, we, we know what they did. They were undefeated until yeah. you guys beat them in the PK shootout. Loomis was was great again. Um, I, I think both semifinal matches were one goal game. So just speak to that. I mean, th- those are other teams, I'm assuming, that you think you're, are, are going to be a factor again. Taft, Loomis, you know, Milton Academy, teams like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Milton – Chris does such a great job bringing in kids. And also um, he creates systems of play that are really fun to watch. You know, for he was the first one to consistently play with three in the back. And, um, and he's such a, Chris is a great colleague. Like he, it's fun to talk coaching with him. He's always looking out for kids and helping them find places. Does, does a great job. So Milton, and Milton's got a sweet spot in the ISL in the sense that they're close to the revs, they have a great day student population, but they also have boarding, and so they have a a wonderful uh, confluence of thing you know for Chris to work with, and it's a great school. It's a really, it's a Milton's a, a really nice school and, um, and has great values, and um, so they're always tough, and we love playing them. They're kind, you know, we really enjoy. I learned a lot watching his team play. And um, and he's also the type of coach that after the game you can break it down with him and he'll give you great constructive feedback on what you're doing or not doing. Um, I really respect. Um, and then uh, Loomis graduated some incredible players. like <laughs> They were a handful um, to play against. We, I think we were lucky to catch him early when um, they were working on some things and we just pressed high and they were determined to build out of the back and we stripped and scored some goals. but uh, not a team I'd like to face in the tournament and uh, kudos to Taff for knocking them off. And he's a, he's a great coach and he has a um, will tap into the local club community in the Hartford area. So I'm sure he'll reload. I, I don't know who's coming in but I know that they're in good hands um, with a coach that, you know, is thinking about um, teaching them to play the soccer game, you know, play the game well. And then um, Taft, I know a number of kids turned down NMH, go to Taft, and they're good players. So I know he's got a great recruiting class. He has some good kids returning and and Aussie. I love the uh, attacking style of Taft. I think South Kenton Taft, um are some of the more dynamic attacking teams in prep soccer um and i know south kent is a class b but they're top three team in new england every year and um so sometimes I, I love just sitting and watching what south kent does i think they do a particularly job good job on their front three and i think some of us myself included we we our front three are spread too wide and he tucks them in, and it's like a hornet's nest, and um, it's really phenomenal. And so there's a lot to learn from South Kent's program. He does a great job with those guys, um, and I, you know, he's you know one of the top coaches in New England, hands down. I, um, you know, I'm a history teacher, coach of soccer. <laughs> Keep up. So I just try to learn from these guys and apply them to my. Uh, team and i'm so lucky to coach with jim burstein that we put our heads together and we'll solve it eventually
0: you, you touched on south kent i mean even class b last year their playoffs were were phenomenal as well i it's think south Ken, yeah won a pair of one goal matches to get to the championship too. they beat westminster three nothing in the in the championship match but you know had a great game against um uh, roxbury latin and another great game against rivers so it, it kind of speaks to <laughs> there really is i mean it's it's Corny, it's a it's a cliche, but there aren't really any days off in in prep soccer. I mean, you're getting a match no matter who you're playing.
2: Yeah, and you know, on our schedule, we get to play uh, Williston, and John is one of the top coaches in New England, and he's another great colleague who will help you solve things and talk about soccer, and is you know looking after kids beyond his program and uh, KUA year in year out. KUA does a fantastic job. And the lightning soccer and the local kids that feed into that are really well coached, um, and they're disciplined. They, have, you know, it's a really nice school. If somebody's looking for a smaller school that has great soccer, you should go check out KUA. It's really, it's a, it's a great school. And um, and John Civarelli at Williston, um, you know, he he does incredible work, and he he'll talk about somebody who go through and expose you if you have a weakness. <laughs> so I'm always, we're always blessed to play them the last game of the year because I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what they're going to go after. Um, and I, I really, I get to work with John in the off season and, um, and, and with Matt and Matt uh, Kaka. And they, they do a great job supporting kids in all different schools. Um, so, yeah, Wilson, keep your eye on Wilson. They'll, they'll be great, as always, and super competitive.
0: Who are a couple other teams that you think, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, but some, I don't know if upstart is the right word for them, but programs who could make some noise this year, who, you know, maybe weren't necessarily in, you know, those, those Class A or Class B semifinals last year, but programs that you think are taking steps forward and are really kind of making an identity for themselves.
2: Yeah. Well, never underestimate Exeter because AJ always has them playing hard and good soccer. Like year in, year out, Exeter's always in that, in the range, in a competitive state. I'd say Andover um, is, is taking big steps forward. And Edwin and uh, Chris Wade uh, are doing a great job. They're bringing in great kids and they're And when we played them, they were so disciplined playing a game plan. We tied them at their place 0-0, and we had them boxed in, but they kept to a system of play that got a result. Um, And I've I've seen a number of the kids who have committed to go there next year, and they're great kids and great soccer players. So I I would keep your eye on Andover making significant progress this year and, and also doing it the right way. And the other the other uh, program that I really, uh, you know, it's been a, one of the top programs for a long time. You know, Chris Downs did a great job there for a number of years is Hotchkiss. And uh, Mario um, Williams is one of the great young coaches coming through. And I remember playing on the, a couple of years ago, and it's like the game was over. And the first thing, you know, they got a great result. And the first thing he said is, leave your cell phones don't, I don't see your cell as You get on the bus, like be present. And a, they had just played a great game, but he made them stay in the moment, and had and the kids were responding to him. And then I, you know, this past year when they came to our place and knocked us off, you know, when we held a fair amount of play, they were they were so pumped, um, and but also they played a great game, and I can just just watching him interact with his kids. He's a clear his parents are teachers and you can tell that, but he also loves his school. Um, but he's you can see that they're buying in. So, uh, you know, I think Hotchkiss is you know, anybody's looking at prep schools need needs to meet with Coach Mario and and then also check out that school because it's it's an incredible school, but it's also there are good things happen on the soccer field that I I really appreciate as as a coach, but also as an educator and as a dad. The other school to watch closely is uh, Bridgeton Academy, and they've made tremendous strides. For a number of years, they had a lot of turnover over and over, and they're really, I think, in a great place, bringing in good kids, and they're going to be a handful in Class A. So I, I would keep an eye on and bridgeton academy
0: yeah I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I saw Bridgeton last year in Albany, and it was like remarkable. I think they played uh, maybe three games I think they played a bunch of games last last year in Albany and you know a lot of, a lot of teams go over there for their their one showcase game and then they get in and get out, but they were playing I mean it was just the the persona of the programming I mean, they weren't afraid to play anybody they wanted to get as much soccer in as they could, and they weren't backing down from anyone.
2: Yeah, and and you can see that uh, in the success they had, you know, late in the season. And they got some great results at Exeter. And it took us a while to solve them in the first round of the playoffs. Um, But, you know, I'll I'll go scout and watch games in the spring. And uh, I run into their coach at the field. And he's, you know, finding players, working hard. And so I I think Bridgeton's going to be a great program this fall. And I think that's the right school Kids should look at it's a right school for um, certain kids that need support in different ways. Right. Like I think it's a really it's a great place. And um, so yeah, so there are a lot of great teams out there. We will have a handful, you know.
0: <laughs> to uh, to that point, what will be the main objectives for you guys before you take the field for that season opener? We mentioned going up north to camp and, and the bonding and the and the team chemistry aspect, but what areas? do you think you really need to hit on and, and maybe improve upon before, or, or maybe are there holes to fill that you have to take care of before you take that season opener?
2: Yeah, I think NMH, I mean, we, we're we returning a great defense. Uh, midfield is a work in progress. And then we're going to have tremendous outside pace, you know, wing backs that can go, but we're going to need to really uh, figure out and solve our, The middle of the pitch um so i think that's you know a key thing i think all of us as coaches also need to think carefully about um how we set up and press the field because um we have free substitution and you have an opportunity to play deep and the question is you know tactically how can you do that um and teach your kids how to channel and press more effectively Um, you know, given the free substitution we have, there's a certain pace you can play in teams that are deep. And I think NMH is one of those programs that are deep. I think as a coach, uh, Jim and I need to think carefully about how to be more of a pressing team than we have in the past. I think NMH plays beautiful. We switch the point of attack. It's beautiful. I think we could do a better job attacking the center of the pitch. You know, we don't always have to swing it left to right. But I also think that um, our tempo uh, in transition and pressing could be a lot better. Okay. And um, and I could do a better job um, teaching my kids to do that.
0: Is that one of the ways you've noticed the, the game shifting? I mean, because with that... With that free substitution and with these programs recruiting, like they've you know recruiting gets more and more important every year, and you're adding as much talent as you possibly can. Our team's just playing faster these days than you can you remember ten years ago I mean is the speed really picked up in the pace of play in the last ten years?
2: Yeah, I, I would say so. And I also, I look at these kids and I was like, I never had a body like that.
0: Right, <laughs> like, that's what I say all the time. I don't think I stepped foot in a weight room until my freshman
2: year of college. I know. These, <laughs> these kids are ripped. And, uh, yeah. So I think they're stronger. I think they're faster. I think, um, I think some teams are deeper and when you're not deep, then that's okay. You have to come up with a system that matches what they, the hand you're dealt. And, um, and also there are certain games where all uh, the team's just technical and, and if they'll just break your press and it'll be painful. <laughs> so I think, I think it's also good to teach our kids all different systems of play. I think, you know, two years, you know, um, the 2019 team was uh, undefeated and then we got knocked off by Milton on the PK. But we weren't prepared to solve something. Like, we gave up a – we were down the first game of the year, and we were down with 12 minutes to go in the semis. And um, I didn't do a good job creating um, a training environment that dealt with adversity. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about that season. Um, And one of them was, you know, Milton was playing a three-back system, and we needed to be more direct, and we needed to press the crap out of him. And we didn't. And that's, you know, that's on me. And um, so, you know, I, I think as coaches, we probably need to be um, not wedded to one system and be prepared so that your toolbox is, has a little bit of variety in it. Um, and so that's what I, one of my goals for this season, is just make sure I'm super intentional. But in doing so, you also give each kid on your team um, more roles um, as you come up with different systems. Like, you know, there's some kids on my team that would be better off playing in a four-three-three, and there are other kids who'd be better off in a system in a four-four-two, or, you know, and there's some square pegs and round pegs, and and just varying up your systems of play. Um, a can help you when you need to solve something, but also make sure that every kid understands that they have a really important job when it's called upon. And um so I, I think there's some intentionality in chemistry building that you can do as you prepare to solve different problems instead of waiting for the problem to find you. Um and I think that's what I learned when we um got knocked out by Milton a couple of years ago. Um was that I better have better toolbox <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you'll be, you'll be testing that toolbox in, in just a couple of weeks this, with the season opener starting. So we're looking forward to the season, and I, I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time today, Charlie. This was great, and I'm sure uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking a lot as the season gets cranking here.
2: Yeah, man, I, I want to thank you guys. Um, the coverage of the, the New England Soccer Journal has transformed prep but also helped a ton of kids find colleges, um, find different schools, Um, And I also appreciate you guys are willing to explore um, tough topics Um, as you discuss academy and and Division three versus Division one. Like some of the things that you guys are leaning into are really helpful for kids and families as they sort out soccer and trying to find balance and in reality in this journey. And um, so on behalf of the preps, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the coverage. It's really helped all of us um, and help kids find great schools and, and great colleges. So keep it up. Great. And tremendous gratitude to you guys.
0: That's much appreciated. We, we really, really do appreciate that. And that's what we're here for. We're just trying to, uh, you know, help help the journey for all those players out there and, you know, just increase the, 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 the interest in soccer. I mean, it's a great, it's a great sport and that's what we're here to do. And, and hopefully we, we continue doing that, but I really appreciate those words.
2: All right. Be well, you guys. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks again to Charlie Malcolm for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production.
1: You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.